things can shift very rapidly when we put our minds to it and when we feel the immediate emergency to our livelihoods. Hey, what's up, folks? We have a great show and a special guest to do it with me today. The first story is Klaus Schwab's apparent daughter, Nicole Schwab, has had a video resurfaced from a few years ago, go viral on Twitter, her talking about the acceleration of her agenda, the Great Reset, and more. We're going to listen to it and react, and how it ties into their green agenda. Then we're going to talk about non-US citizens are allowed to now be police officers in Illinois, thanks to the bill that Governor J.B. Pritzker has signed. The media is attempting to fact check this slightly because of what people are saying what's the truth we're gonna get down to it and if we have time at the end we're gonna talk about the backlash from the left and the right from candace owens andrew tate interview hope you stay tuned for the last story god bless you guys dream rare podcast starts now it's the dream rare podcast welcome to the show the way to get the news at the desk or on the road let's go god is great and success in our control the world is crazy but we get better from obstacles What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of Dream Rare Podcast. I have a special guest today with Julius here to join me to talk about the stories. Yo, how's it going, man? Appreciate you having me on. Of course. And to give Julius credit, not only is he here to tell me about the stories, but he actually picked probably all the stories. I asked him if he had any good scoops, and he did. The first one is Nicole Schwab, the apparent daughter of Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum. A video went viral on Twitter from a few years ago of her talking in terms of green agenda, great reset, and talking about how their environmental policy uh, needs to accelerate, et cetera. I'm going to play the four clips uh, and they're chopped up, but let's take a listen before we react. This crisis has shown us that, first of all, things can shift very rapidly when we put our minds to it and when we feel the immediate emergency to our lives. All right, I'm going to play just a couple more. And second, that um, clearly the system, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, that we had before is not sustainable. Uh, she says it's not sustainable. Let's, let's just get a few more clips. So I see it as a tremendous opportunity to really to have this great reset and to use this huge flows you know, of money to use the increased levers that policymakers have today in a way that was not possible before. Just one more clip before I react to that. To create a change that is not incremental, but that we can look back and we can say, this is the moment where we really started to position you know, nature at the core of the economy. So just to give them credit, that was from Intent. Uh, they have a very small YouTube channel. I guess she spoke with them a couple years ago. And the title of that video was The Urgency of the Global Green Transition. And I don't know if you caught that in the third one. I think I'm going to play that one again real quick. She talks about how she wants to accelerate that agenda because it like and, and compares it to the COVID-19 thing. So I see it as a tremendous opportunity to really to have this great reset and to use this huge flows you know, of money to use the increased levers that policymakers have today in a way that was not possible before to. I see this as a great opportunity to use money to basically push policy like they're openly admitting it. But then when you push back, they say it's a conspiracy theory. What do you think? Yeah. That's the that's the one thing I actually pay attention to a lot was that part where she said the great reset using money and I was like uh I forgot if I said something on that one about basically saying that translation they're going to tax you into oblivion under the guise of climate uh, climate uh, crisis which is what they do and so it's interesting to me that this woman first of all where does she even come from that's my question where does she come from I never heard of her until today like I was today years old 
when I found out that Klaus Schwab's had a daughter. All the talk we've been having about Klaus Schwab's, now he has a daughter. I think she was growing in the lab. I know, I know, conspiracy. <laughs> I'm just saying where she comes from. <laughs> she she so I have, I'll read her bio on the World Economic Forum here, Nicole Schwab. Um, this video is from a couple years ago, so I guess she just kind of stays out of the spotlight while simultaneously mm. being in the spotlight if you care about that stuff. But I mean, that video itself was on a YouTube channel with the 60 subscribers, so she's not mm. going to the most hot spots. I'll just read what World Economic Forum it says about her. Nicole Schwab, the director of 1T.org and Nature Based Solutions member executive committee of the World Economic Forum. She has a master's in public policy, Harvard Kennedy School, MA in natural sciences, Cambridge University, formerly worked in the healthcare sector or the health sector reform projects in Latin America, World Bank, and the Ministry of Health in Bolivia. She's the 2004 2006 founding director of the Forum of Young Global Leaders, 2009 to 2018 co founder and president of EDGE Certified Foundation, a global scheme certifying organizations for closing the gender gap in the workplace, of course, <laughs> facilitator and strategic advisor to nonprofit organizations active in reforestation, well being, and women's empowerment. Um, author of the heart of the labyrinth a spiritual parable offering a message of earth-centered wisdom wow she's like a modern day bible writer <laughs> i'm not surprised by her gender pay gap and all that women i'm not surprised that's just it's hilarious to me you know what's interesting though is that so this is this is the the, the theory i have and i think that with her saying that we're going to use money to you know for under the guise of climate crisis my thing is is that i don't know it doesn't be like some kind of lockdown next year I, I don't I don't foresee that, but I do foresee them starting to push it. I'm starting to notice now that they are talking about the weather a lot, like all oh, this this heat wave of 90 degree weather in places like Texas, Florida, California, typical summer, right? But they're mentioning the weather a lot. They're mentioning climate uh, a lot. They're mentioning COVID cases now. They're bringing that back, saying New York and Texas and Florida is now on the rise. So right. I, I, I can see them kind of like doing this kind of slow programming where we got to get you back to where you guys used to be in 2020 so that when something happens, we can get you guys to comply again. Because we experimented with you guys back in 2020, and now we know that you're going to do it again. That's how I see it. This book, I always show it because I, I got kicked off of TikTok. This was one of the videos that got censored. I literally just held it up and I said, this is the book. They always say The Great Reset. And, and he's a very socialist, communist minded guy. Like I've read his, so is, uh, you know, it sounds like she is too. So this is a one of the only graphics they have in the whole book. I want to hold it up so people could see. I know it's a little blurry, but the center right there, it says climate action failure, climate action failure. And he like it's it's a text based book. I don't think there's any other graphics, but it says figure one. It's called the macro reset. I'll just read some of the things. And the biggest thing in the middle is climate action failure, as if it's the pinnacle of their great reset agenda. They also have cyber attacks and cyber attacks, excuse me, social instability, national governance failure, global governance failure, biodiversity loss, food crisis, water crisis, involuntary migration. They have all these at the center of it, they're saying climate causes all of these things. Involuntary migration, that's caused by the climate. Social instability, that's caused by the climate. Unemployment, they tie it all back to the climate. As yep. you, you know, I went on a transportation thing the other day and it said, hey, the, uh, you know, the, it didn't say the Democrats, but basically I knew the Democrats, because of climate, they're trying to shut this down. Something that's been there for like a hundred years. Like, hey, like, can you help save this? way of transporting transporting people because like they're trying to say that it, it causes too much carbon or whatever so they're using it to control energy they're using it to control 
obviously I think governments like shutting down farms and trying to uh, strong arm farmers all over the world. This is clearly the, the next way that they're going to re-imagine uh, our economies and our lifestyle and all the people doing it. It's not a conspiracy theory. I've read the book. He's very socialist. He's very communist. I'm, I'm not these things. So him and his daughter, they have all these left wing ideas and they'll be like, oh, if you disagree with us, you know, then you're a conspiracy theorist or you're you're an anti-environmentalist. But really, they found a crafty way to, you know, switch their worldview onto countries and make it almost illegal for you to disagree or, or unethical. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, too, is that I noticed lately, you know, amongst all of that is you start to see these people who are protesting in the streets, like they're these climate activists, they're sitting in the streets, they're blocking traffic, they're spray painting like uh, pictures like at museums and whatnot. All of this is just to normal, like, to normalize it, it's to get people that who are for climate to see people like, you know, drag them out and say, oh, these right wing conspiracy, white nationalists, whatever you want to call them, take your pick. It's all to normalize it. This is why it's like, it's like small little steps. You guys see the protests, you guys see the activists, you guys see them pushing the heat wave stuff. Uh, you guys see them say that, oh, uh, hospitalizations are due to climate crisis. Like people getting COVID because of climate now, like, the, like you said, everything ties to the climate. So they have to keep pushing that so that next year when something bigger happens, you'll fall for it a whole lot easier. I always say the parallels between COVID and the climate, the, the parallels are, this is the science, this is the data. You're not allowed to disagree with it or else you need to be removed from social media or the media because you're dangerous. It was dangerous when you questioned lockdowns. It was dangerous if people questioned vaccines. It was dangerous if people questioned the data at all and the PCR testing, like all of that was a health offense that that pretty much got you banned and barred from society. And if you wouldn't get a vaccine, you got kicked out of multiple industries. And then now they're going to do the same thing with the climate, where if you push back against it, they're going to censor. And they already have for years a lot of the content of it as if like this is completely final. And then we have to do what we're doing. But the crazy part about it is, you know, I don't even fully believe everything they're saying, obviously. But say what they were saying was true was like this equation equal this and we need to lower this number. Like they're getting rid of local transportation that is such a small scale. And if China just goes up 0.001%, that's going to be more uh, of the carbon and pollution that they're claiming than that little thing you're doing. When, when countries like Ireland or Netherlands are like, we're going to cut down on this. Bro, no offense, I love those both both those countries, but like you're not really a huge contributor to to this global problem, as they say. So you stopping it isn't going to do anything. If China and India goes up 0.0005%, it's going to have more of an impact than probably your whole country will. So like the the logic of how they're doing it is so obviously like tyrannical, and they say you can't question it, even though it, it doesn't add up, even with their own, you know, logic. It's one of the reasons why. Uh... I believe Scott Wiener is so hell bent on trying to change transportation to make it more eco-friendly. When in reality, we know that again, it's all just to keep raising taxes. They have to find ways to funnel money into their pockets and funnel money into laundry. I do think that a lot of these Democrats and quite frankly, Republicans too are laundering money. That's why you got people like Ted Cruz who support giving aid to Ukraine, uh, giving money to them because they want to just launder that money. Where it actually goes to, I don't know. I'm sure it's very, uh, what, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Um, 
not, I won't say satanic, but I'm, I'm sure it's something wicked. Do you know what I mean? Where our, our money is going to. So when you have these people push this kind of, I mean, here in California, it's like that a lot. I was going to the Capitol all in 2022. A lot of the bills they were pushing was all climate stuff, everything electric. They wanted to take away um, the, uh, what do you call it? They wanted to do more eco-friendly bikes rather than have like, like the, the car garages. They wanted to change those. It's like half and be like electric bikes and things like that. You start I got you. That, you know what I mean? You start taking those things away, and what, what does that become? It becomes more use for fossil fuels, uh, all under the guise of climate, more taxes. It just gets worse and worse and worse. But the problem is that people don't educate themselves enough to know what people are actually doing. They just go, oh, yeah, climate change. And if you, if you disagree, you're a denier. Right. W one thing that happens for sure in politics, I know you mentioned like money laundering. People have for decades now basically done things that support their friends. Like everybody talked about Halliburton when it came to the wars and who was fine, who was, uh, you know, benefiting from that. When it comes to, uh, I would say, other politicians, sometimes they hire their friends. They hire people that they lobbyists. I mean, that's basically that entire industry is pay to play and you're bribing politicians to do your bidding. And then you have stuff overseas where it's a lot harder to trace the money where I shared a Ron Paul quote on my uh, my Facebook the other week, and it said basically, uh, he said, financial aid to other countries is poor people in America giving money to rich people in poor countries. Or like mm. It was like poor people from rich countries giving money to rich people from poor countries. So you give it to the government. And then in Ukraine, obviously, a lot of people are suspicious of, I think, Romney and Pelosi and their certain, you know, Biden, obviously, that their whole connection. Everybody's just kind of curious. Are we doing this for the right reasons? Are we really doing this to end the war and fight the war? Or are are there corporate interests, people like Raytheon and Bo Boeing, Lockheed Martin? And then you have, you know, I, I guess everybody is really suspicious of it. R remember during the lockdown that like Gavin Newsom said no one could like go eat dinner with their people, but then he's eating dinner with like lo lobbyists, pharmacy lobbyists, yeah, I think. Exactly. Um it's, it's, I mean, not to preach to the choir here, but it's the same thing when you got people, especially people like, uh, what's his name? Not Mitt Romney, but the other dude, uh, John Kerry, I believe it is, okay. who's, who's always preaching climate crisis, and you see him going to jet, like a private jet. It's the same thing that Bernie Sanders did when he was running uh, you know, for president, and he had a constituent ask him, they was like, what are you going to do about the, the climate crisis? Are you going to stop flying planes? He's like, well, I'm not going to walk to California. And it's like, right. yeah, but yeah, you just talked right. about climate change. So what's your, you know, like what's the execution? Why preach it, but then not practice it? Right. They're going to not stop flying their jet, but they're going to force towns to stop transportation that they've done for hundreds of years or like mom and pop shops to alter their business or a farm to alter their business, but they don't want to change their lifestyle. Uh, I'll just say this, Nicole Schwab, Klaus Schwab's daughter, video going viral. Let me know what you guys think. And you know, do you foresee that they will use the climate change narrative and quote unquote crisis to further, you know, control us in a way that doesn't mathematically or scientifically actually help us? Um, right. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to bring up one thing. It's it's a problem I also have when also like people like Donald Trump, who's running for president, um, he mentioned freedom cities. And I didn't like the sound of that because I forget how he explained it, but it really reminded me of, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, what Australia is trying to do with the freedom cities to, you know, for climate, things like that. So basically it's like they control where you go versus you having the choice to go wherever you want. 
Trump trying to do the exact same thing. I can almost see him doing that. And then once he leaves, like let's say he gets elected, and then once he leaves, that that would start to be more implemented. And then once he's out of the office, to right. not take the blame for it. The same thing with the vaccines. Got the vaccines out, leaves office. And now we're blaming Biden rather than blaming Operation Warspeed. Well, yeah, with the Freedom City, when he said that, it's like they're trying to build these federal government cities. They sound like the quote unquote conspiracy theory, 15 minute cities that people are talking about that they're fact checking or whatever. But, you know, when Trump came out, I said, these are the freedom cities that'll be like run by the federal government. You're exactly right. Even with Space Force, right? When he created Space Force, I understand it's like another layer to our military or whatever. But now who's in charge of Space Force? It's Kamala Harris. If you build a freedom city and it's run by the federal government, First of all, you don't even really like the Fed, even though he's the head of the federal government, he's having problems within the federal government. So as soon as you're out of office, you're going to hand that over to a Democrat or someone else. So I think, you know, Republicans, if they manage to get in the White House in 2024, they have to be wise. As you say, I talk about it all the time. They set us up. They, they kind of like don't do enough. And then it's like this, oh man, we didn't know what to do. We see what they're doing. We see the agendas. Let's, instead of playing into it and crying the victim, I think we need someone that's going to, you know, play chess with the Democrats and set us up not for failure, but for success. I want to yeah, say the next story is um Governor J.B. Pritzker, I believe his name is, J.D. or J.B. Pritzker. Sorry, I'm not from Illinois, but it's one of those two. I think it's J.B., he passed or signed a bill that says that non-citizens can be police officers. I covered it. I did a journalistic article about it. A lot of people were getting fact-checked because I have to be accurate. It's They're saying, oh, illegals can vote, criminals can vote, or, or I'm sorry, illegals can be police officers, criminals can be police officers, and that's not what the law says. I mean, technically under these rules, it would be DACA recipients who are technically still legal in this like gray area. And... Uh, people that have working U.S. visas, but they don't have citizenship or they're legally in America, but they don't have a citizenship. So I feel like this is the game. I just want to say this real quick. Then I want to get your take. The Democrats do something crazy. I think it's crazy to let non-citizens be police officers, even if they're legally in the country. That's an unnecessary thing. This is what Democrats do. They do something crazy like that. Republicans exaggerate and lie about it and say too much. Then they get fact checked. It creates this little proxy war around an issue that's not even there. It's like, I don't know that they're going to be letting like bona fide illegal criminals be police officers, but they will be letting non-US citizens be police officers. That's the story. Why, why do Republicans always have to exaggerate it and kind of like skirt on the lines of lying to them where the Democrats can point and be like, they're lying and they actually have a semi-decent point? Um, what has to happen is, you know, Republicans need to get back in and reform immigration and change the laws. But for now, uh, that's the story. What do you think about non-citizens being able to be police officers in Illinois? Yeah. So one thing, I mean, that, that was my caption. Uh, I don't know if it's incorrect in my caption, was, but I basically said non-U.S. citizens would be allowed to arrest U.S. citizens. And that's really what it is. One of the biggest problems I had, actually, right. uh, why well, that story interests me, because there is a guy, I don't want to say his name, but he was running for uh, governor for the recall against Gavin Newsom. And when I did an interview with him, I asked him about uh, illegal immigration. What the problem I have with Republicans is that they softball illegal immigration. So what they do is when we say that um, when they come to this country and get free stuff, it comes from our taxes. Right. So what they try to do is they'll give them these work permits, you know, these green cards, whatever, to pay taxes, even though they're here illegally. And I, I had pushback against that. I was like, but they're still here illegally. But because they're paying taxes, it makes it OK for them to be here. 
that's not right. That, that's like a slippery slope. You're pretty much you're essentially opening the border without opening the border, essentially. So that's the problem. We already know that Democrats love open borders, but when Republicans don't do anything about it and their way of solving it is by giving them work permits, I still have a problem with that. Yes, they may be paying taxes, but they're still here illegally, and that gives them more privilege. Now, somebody in my comment section on Instagram said that uh, she had her green card for 20 years, and she has more of a background check than anybody else. I mean, you are in our country. So it makes sense. But at the same time, it's like if we just allow people to come to this country and get permits to pay taxes, but still be here legally, then that gives them more privilege versus more of a background check. And what does that say for the American people who actually want to get jobs? Like we get now, we, now we're the ones who get background check and they don't. Yeah, I think the problem that I've been seeing, like especially during COVID, is if you came across the border illegally, it was you had less restrictions with COVID than a legal citizen trying to come on vacation. I mean, you couldn't even come without a vaccine. So it's like, you know, I'm not I respect everybody trying to make it in America. But when you're treating illegal immigrants and border crossers better than citizens, when you're penalizing people that spent 10 years to get to this country and pay money, a lot of legal immigrants take it personally because it's like, why did I spend all that time when you're softballing these people? So it's a complex issue. There are a lot of good people that, uh, you know, can't get a U.S. citizenship because it's so hard. There are a lot of, you know, hard workers that are, are taking advantage of an easy system. I was talking to my friend today about Saudi Arabia. While I don't envy them in every way, like Dubai, I'm sorry, not not Saudi Arabia. I'm talking about like Dubai, which is I believe UAE. It's there's like no crime. You could leave like a purse at like a airport and get it three hours later because they're so strict on crime. And yeah. that's really what you're seeing in El Salvador too. With Bu I almost I forget his name, Bukele or something. Naive Bukele. The He's got an yeah, the president of okay. uh, of El Salvador. It was one of the biggest crime capitals of the world, and he's turned it around where crime is drastically down. He had 300 total days with no crimes at all or no murders at all. It was the murder capital of the world. How did he do it? He just went hard on the gangs and he went hard on crime and made really strict penalties. And you see that in the Islamic world now. Yes, there's other things and there's inequity, and I understand it's not like everything's not great about it, but it is nice to live in a city where people don't rob you. And it's very uncommon. Like it's not impossible to do that in America. But when you go to these Democrat cities, they're doing everything backwards. Everything's backwards on crime, on who to allow to be police officers. They're too soft. They're too weak. They're too naive. They're too foolish. And when Republicans, like you were talking about, they get in power, they don't really do that much. They're pretty much controlled opposition. Like you're going to get maybe like a little bit better. But the truth is like, we need something way stronger where it's got to yeah. be an ethical strength. Like we're not coming to hurt you if you're a good person, but if you're not a good person, we want you to feel less comfortable in the city than good people. When good people feel uncomfortable in major cities, that's when you're a failed nation. When bad people feel uncomfortable in your cities and good people feel safe and like they could leave something, that's when it's a successful city. And America and the West are failing because the conservatives out here are like pathetic. Yeah. I, I agree on that, actually, because, see, and, and this is the biggest problem. I, I I don't know how to explain it, but you look at what's happening right now in New York. I mean, they're showing videos of New York. They're showing videos of Philadelphia. I mean, even in my area, the homelessness is so bad. People are sleeping on the ground. They look dead like zombies, and nothing's getting done about it. And yet right. the, pe the people who voted for this just shrug it off like well you know it ain't me but it's like but you voted for it you wanted this guy in because of whatever virtue symbol that they chose of the, of the day you know the lgbt whatever the case may be you chose this and yet you do nothing about it republicans would fight back but their thing is is more 
they speech a lot. It's always a speech, but there's never really action. I'm not saying none. Right. There are some in California who do fight back. I mean, we just had the biggest win in uh, Los Angeles when DuPont wanted to open an all-abortion, uh, uh, all-trimester abortion uh, clinic in Los Angeles in Beverly Hills, and they got an email saying that they shut it down, essentially. So people are fighting back, but it's like the major Republicans, the more well-named ones, do nothing. So it comes down to local, but even sometimes local can be questionable. questionable. Look at people like Brian Dolly. You know, Brian Dolly was uh, going for governor. He was all right, but there's some things he just wouldn't like stand his ground on. He was too soft. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, I mean, he's not going to win anyway, so it, don't, it doesn't even matter. But I think part of the good and bad thing about America is there is levers of power. Uh, so sometimes it's hard for Republicans to actually do what they want to do. But in my opinion, there's also still no excuse because when they do have power, it's like they have no problem signing executive orders for big pharma. They have no problem printing trillions of dollars for big pharma. They have no problem skirting around what I believe should even be legal to like do a socialist like a vaccine scheme. But when it comes to securing the border, like somehow they just can't figure it out or, you know, they can only do a half ass job. So I think Democrats are going crazy. But that that slippery slope that we always talk about on my show is like the further Democrats go the weaker Republicans often get. And there is yeah. a pendulum swinging back for the first time. But I think that people need to get through the cult of personality because what makes Gavin Newsom a good politician is he's able to scam. He's able to lie to people and make them think that he's someone he's not. And Republicans are the same way. They're they're masters at being like, I'm not Beto O'Rourke. I'm not Joe Biden. And that's and then they put on like this little show, like you're at a rally and people are like, woo, 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 woo. But people aren't watching their executive orders. They're not, they're not, asking these questions if they could do it in that country if, if if this state's having success and this governor's pushing back more like can't can't you do something a little more i feel like yeah. the the, the left right battle prevents people from challenging their own side efficiently because two things happen one they always just say well it's the left and, and then we're doing this and then also i think it's like uh you know i hate to just blame him because I, I think he's also done a lot of good stuff but i think trump creates this narrative around himself and then people just repeat that narrative where it's like they care more about like someone who disagrees with something he said about the election more than they care about the fact that he's giving trillions of dollars to like corporations and and, and like selling out and being a socialist it's like because he comes up with a narrative he's like it's about me it's about my election it's about the polls it's about the meatball and then i feel like republicans instead of like challenging the republican party with things that make sense they just kind of have fallen under the script of trump but it's yeah. a it's a self-serving script for him to to regain power, not so much one that like this is my and, and feel free to push back if you don't agree, because there's a lot of things I don't like about DeSantis. But I think he would be the closest to El Salvador's president, where I think he seems like someone that's strategic, where like, what power do I have to actually put law and order in the country? Like, I, I truly believe that DeSantis would actually do a better job with what he could to make cities safer. And I feel like Trump's kind of like a liberal where he's just like law and order, but he's like, he's always afraid to pull the trigger on his executive power, but he, but he has no problem doing it for like vaccines and stuff. So I don't, I, I just see him kind of as like an actor at this point, but may, I don't know, maybe this time he really is mad and he really will clean up the cities or something. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to believe in Trump because see the whole thing with, with the DeSantis and uh, Trump thing is that, I'm not really for either side, but it's funny how the right always talks about term limits, term limits, because they're too old. Trump is old too. So why would you why would you not want some new blood like DeSantis, but then only want to start getting on him because Trump 
told you to get on him. Trump said the sanctimonious. Now you're calling him the sanctimonious. Trump uses fake COVID numbers to say he didn't take care of the, uh, the, the he mishandled COVID. And now you're agreeing with that when Trump did the exact same thing. So with DeSantis, it's like, and, and it's always like these minor things that they always feel him about. Oh, he told this little girl that she had too much sugar. And isn't that a good thing? We always talk about the food pyramid, things like that. But now it's wrong for DeSantis to say this little girl had too much sugar. So the the DeSantis to me does seem like he is more strategic. Matter of fact, it was DeSantis who recognized that he was actually wrong about COVID, which is why you mentioned this anomaly that he brought on people like Joseph Latipold. He brought them on while Trump still kept Fauci on. So who's really the better option at this point? Trump, who keeps on Fauci and gives him a presidential accommodation, or DeSantis, who recognized that he was wrong about the numbers and brought in the right people. Now, both are still not trustworthy because obviously both do things that go against the country, like DeSantis going to Israel or Trump doing the anti-Semite bill, little things like that. But I don't understand why we don't accept DeSantis as new blood. I'm not a DeSantis sympathizer whatsoever, but I'd rather have a guy who's actually younger, more brighter than Trump, who still harps on 2016 rather than trying to focus on moving forward. I hope if he wins that he's ready to like do the law and order thing. It's just I saw it and I and it didn't really happen. But I want to read a few comments because this always happens. And at this point, I don't care. I'm desensitized to it. Like if people said, hey, I like Trump because he does this, this and this better. And, and I, I trust him more. I'm totally fine with that. I have a lot of friends that like Trump more. But someone said DeSantis is Soros backed warmonger. DeSantis isn't backed by Soros. That's a total lie. So if you have to lie in order to make your point, then maybe you're brainwashed also. Trump took a, over a $100 million loan from George Soros. Trump and Vivek have more Soros connections than uh, DeSantis does. It's just De Soros said that he thinks that DeSantis is going to win the election, like Gavin Newsom said he thinks Trump's going to win the election. I think Biden's going to beat someone. That doesn't mean I like him. That's just my opinion of who, or Gavin Newsom might come in. It's not an endorsement. So like that that's the weird part. I want to read another one. F you and DeSantis, Trump, MAGA 2024. Oh, F your other brain dead S stained DeSantis followers, you POS. So it's like people are like unhinged liberals when you have these conversations. I think both have elements of it. I just see like the way DeSantis wields power in Florida. It seems like he understands exactly what he can do. And he seems more uh, productive than anyone else as a governor. Not saying he does every... I've disagreed with bills that he's done i don't trust him i think he's a Paul. i don't trust trump or DeSantis actually but no. it's like it's weird when and we talk about this a lot so i, I want to get to the third story and i know people get bored of it sometimes i feel like everybody knows not to trust DeSantis, but then instead of like just criticizing him accurately they're willing to just say things they don't even believe to get mad at him but with trump it's like if if trump hires 30 bush people it's just like whatever but if DeSantis takes money from a bush person then that's bad but if trump takes money from a bush person that's whatever it's like this crazy double standard sort of thing I'm not saying he's trustworthy. I'm just saying he seems like he wields power and uses the, you know, another thing is too that my, my friend Bobby brought to my attention. Trump came out after he saw um, the sound of freedom and said that he was going to go harder on human traffickers. Like, and, and if, if he gets back into office, he's going to execute them or something. I think it was like execution for human traffickers. And everyone was like, it, it's a genius PR move because it's like Trump watches this movie that's really popular, right? With the actor calling him Moses or whatever. Jim Cavazil calls Trump Moses. And then he says, I'm going to do this. And everyone's like, oh my God, look at it. And like Jack Posebic, everyone's tweeting it. But if you look two weeks ago before that, DeSantis said he was doing that in Florida. So it's like, I think he actually did it already. I think he signed a bill making it in Florida. So it's like, he does it. It doesn't get that much attention. Trump does this genius sound of freedom PR thing. And everyone acts like he is like, oh man, if he yeah. gets, it's like he already did that, but no one cares. It's fascinating.
I will say though, during his uh, presidency, I remember in 2020, this got really ignored by mainstream media. This was like late 2020. He actually did a lot against human trafficking. Like I would argue his presidency did combat human trafficking and the media totally ignored it. I mean, I mean, I remember talking about this. It was like October, 2020, when he had this, uh, not him himself, but his administration uh, was at some place, I forget where it was at, but uh, they were talking about how much they combat against human trafficking and things like that. And the media totally overlooked it. So he did do great things, but you make a good point. And that's the issue I have with Trump supporters is that DeSantis says something, it's like, I don't want to hear it. But Trump does says the exact same thing. And now everybody's cheering on like Trump did this for the first time ever. And, and this is the problem I have is that there's no critical thinking now when it comes to Trump. I remember distinctively, we always talked about critical thinking throughout his presidency because the mainstream media was saying this, do your own research, yada, yada, yada. All that goes out the window just because it's Trump. And that's why I got off the Trump train because I didn't want to just be a follower just because of his name. I want to, I want Trump to earn my vote. DeSantis seems like he's actually trying to earn your vote. So what if he's not as as uh, charismatic as, as Trump? That doesn't matter. What is his policy versus his personality? I mean, sure have personality, but I want to know your policies. And Trump sounds like he just harps on what he used to do. I don't think he can be able to do the same thing again. I just don't see it. Here's an executive order from Trump. Executive order on combating human trafficking and online child exploitation in the United States. I don't have time to read it, but he passed that in January 31st, 2020, an executive order to combat it. I don't think it went as far as execution. That's why he's talking about he would do that if, you know, if he gets back into office. But he did pass executive orders. He did talk about it more than anyone else. And I think that you know, it passed in January right before the lockdown. I think this is why like QAnon followers were so mad at me because I was coming out and being like, yo, lockdowns are bad. And I think they thought maybe because of this executive order that the lockdown was like a secret strategy to arrest the pedos. So they were actually like getting pissed when I said like, yo, we should open America. They were like, shut up, dude, you're going to ruin this whole plot. And I'm yeah, like, do you have evidence? Like and they'd show me like the EO and stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I know I always say this here. I just pray that people I believe that people actually matter. And the flow of where culture and society go is based off what people care about. I don't think anyone should let any politician kind of like guide them in a direction or make them feel like, oh, that'll get done just because it will get done. Assume, in my opinion, assume Trump and DeSantis won't do it. You could be nice to him and respectful, but at the end of the day, remember it's politics and they're being pulled in a million different directions. This is the nice thing, nicest thing I could say is like Trump's got lobbyists, Trump has donors, Trump has McConnell, Trump has all these people. He has Democrats, he has media. He's being pulled in a lot of directions. And I feel like the Republican uh, Party, they don't necessarily respect the base because I and this is just my view. I don't I feel like the base doesn't respect themselves like they're so subservient to him that they don't actually like they'll make an excuse for anything. And I think Trump is like an alpha male and a businessman. So if like you're a man like Trump, Trump's the type he'll shake your hand hard and pull you in to let him know he's the king alpha. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a man's yeah. man. So if you're not a man who respects yourself and you're like his servant or whatever, he'll treat you like that because it's like you're you know, you're just happy to be near me. So I feel like journalists, especially and people. Um, that consider themselves activists need to make sure that they respect themselves where if he does something, treat it the same way as if DeSantis did something. And that's yeah. what you see in this like Trump DeSantis proxy war is people are so obsessed with Trump or DeSantis that they're just fighting like liberals, you know, where it's like they're fighting over stuff that they don't actually even believe like 
I'll give you a quick example before we move on. That school bill in Florida where it said that certain slaves had learned things that they yeah. ended up making business off. This, was, is just, yeah. this is just my question to the people that were mad at that because DeSantis did it, right? Or his administration did it. If Trump did that, would you ha would you say the same thing? I think some people would have, but I think a lot of the people wouldn't have. And that's where I come to like, I feel like I don't think I'm that special or unique, but I'm like, I'll say what I believe no matter who says it. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of people that are just like professional uh, campaign members now, like unofficial campaign members, where if DeSantis does it, they're like, that's crazy. But like if Trump did it, they'd be like, it's not that bad. And they'd be fighting left-wing yeah. media. You get what I'm saying? If, if DeSantis did the platinum plan for black people, they would call DeSantis pandering to black people. Trump does it, and only a few people are like, eh, he's trying to help out the black community. But if DeSantis did the exact same thing, th this is the reason why I didn't have a problem, because if Hillary Clinton did what Trump did in 2020, we would be talking about it right to this day, the same way we still talk about Barack Obama in certain aspects. Trump does it, and nobody says anything about it. And it, it's tiresome. And it, I get the same backlash on my YouTube page when I spoke about Ice Cube and uh, Tucker Carlson in an interview. And Ice Cube mentioned that somebody that he knew got hurt by the you know what. And I mentioned, I was like, we got to go back to the root. Operation War Speed was the reason why people are having these injuries. And I'm very passionate when it comes to that. I don't speak about it like, speak about it 100%. Where I do speak about it, I get very passionate about it because people have been hurt. I know people who have people who have been hurt by Operation War Speed, and nobody says anything about it. They don't push back on Trump about it. They just allow it. Now, normally, I know you have your 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 stance on January 6th. People went there. They believe Trump. Yada, yada. My thing is that I know people who got locked up personally and still serving time right now. And Trump is not doing nothing. To get he mentioned like one time. What I find disturbing to me is that people are cheering on Trump while American citizens are still locked up for doing absolutely nothing, and Trump is doing nothing about it. He's not talking about it. He's not trying to get him out. He's not paying him a visit. He's not doing none of that stuff. And they're just like, he's going to save America. How about you save the citizens who are locked up for going to your rally that he told everybody to come to? It's just, I, I don't understand that. That That's the one thing that disturbs me about the right. You want to cheer on Trump, but why not pressure him to get the guys out in January 6th, who did nothing wrong. I know Ye talked about it one time on Twitter, and then like Trump made a video like two days later. It was like, it was funny that like in this alternate universe, the artist formerly known as Kanye West is like some conservative activist making Trump talk about it. That was the craziest timeline. And I want to say this too about the mandates. And I know we talk about this, but I feel like it's so key. This is why we always lose. I said in 2019, before the lockdown on my Twitter, that they were going to mandate vaccines. I said it in March before they even announced the vaccine. I knew they were going to mandate a vaccine. They showed every sign of mandating a vaccine. California and New Jersey tried to mandate vaccines in 2019. I'm not a prophet. I just followed the news. That's why I talked about it. I could act like I'm a QAnon wizard, but really I just was going off of what they were doing in New Jersey. Long story short, we know that they're going to mandate it. Even if Trump won, corporations were going to try to mandate it. States were going to try to. There was going to be a battle for mandate at one way or another. So that's like classic Republican is they fund it, they pay for it, they give them money, it's socialism, they brag about it. And then the mandates come and then they sit and say, well, we didn't mandate it. We know, I know you didn't mandate it. That's why I voted for Trump, one of 50 reasons. I voted for him over Biden because Biden sucks and Trump's better in almost every categorical way. So I voted for him, but, but it's still annoying when like, that's the best you could do is like Ted Cruz crying about like sodomy in Uganda, Ted Cruz, you know, like, like it's just like such a corny party at this point. And I, with the January 6th thing, I hear you. It's like, 
you know, I know a lot of people got caught up in that and it's, it's an ugly thing where like now Trump is getting charges as well. So I'm sure, you know, he's trying to save himself just in the sense of like, I don't, I, I'm like not following it anymore. Cause I just don't care about Democrats, but they're every like week they're charging with something new, charging with something new, you know, I don't know what, what you think about that. And then also I want to say, before I get to the next story, do you think that we matter? Like, do you think that if enough conservatives stood their ground on something and like push back that we'd get results? Or do you think it's, it's like the power is so far above us that our opinion doesn't even matter? That's a good question. Cause I, I see people here say all the time, they say, well, our votes don't matter. Our votes don't matter. Sometimes I got, I got to push back on them. I want to say sometimes I say like, I hear them, but I push back because people don't realize this, but in California, we have a force to be reckoned with. And what I mean by that is look at SB 866, the bill last year to uh, have 12 year olds that have been changed to eight to 15 year olds get the vaccine without parental consent. We shot that down because people showed up because they talked to the Democrats and Republicans. They didn't care what side of the aisle you were on. They talked right. to them. They spoke to the lobbyists and we shot that bill down. Look at again, Los Angeles and DuPont. We shot that down. The power is in the people. It's just that there's not enough of us because one, I don't know if it's because they're scared to come out because the left shows up. Screw that. Come out there. Do the job. Like I, I used to go down there. I stopped going down there because for me, it was just like, a, uh, but I'm starting to see now there are people who are pushing back against this. We can kill bills if enough of us just come together. But the problem is we're dunking on the left too much. We're so trying to be cool. We're getting points saying, look at the left. Look at how, oh, we, right. I get that. But how, how much longer can you keep doing that? Let's stop dunking on the left and let's stop pushing back. Because matter of fact, anomaly, the left and the right is coming together against bills, even against bills that allow children to get their you know breath chopped off. They're right. pushing back against that. But you, you have the far left trying to stop the left from teaming up with the right and pushing back against these bills. And people don't realize that that's happening in California. But we're so concerned about Biden and Hunter smoking crack today and tomorrow. It's like, no, we have bills that need to be killed in this state because what happens yeah. in California spreads throughout the whole entire nation. And I think in New Jersey, too, there's so much mandatory vaccine backlash in 2019 that they backed down. I agree. And, uh, you know, Loudoun County, I think the, the mom showing up and, and whatever for their kids. And mm -hmm. I've been saying this and I do want to get to the next story. I'll just end on this note. I do believe from everything I'm watching from Democrats, from my liberal friends, from like sports pages I follow, the winning issue for conservatives is them going too far with the sexualization of kids and like the the over like feminization trans push in like sports where they're like trying to shove the WNBA down your throat. They're trying to like say that biologically born men should play in women's sports. Dude, all these liberal sports pages I follow, everyone's conservative on this issue because it's just like they don't care about the WNBA as much as they want them to. They, they just know it's just like yeah. logically not as good as the NBA as far as like talent level. Um, maybe they play better defense, but you get what I'm saying? I, I think this is such a massive winnable issue. And I always reference this, but I had like three to four Democrat friends message me, say, yo, what is a woman's a crazy documentary? I love it. It's fascinating because the far left seems insane and the far left controls the schools and they're going younger, 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 younger. Yep. If we could get out of our own way and just show people this, it's a massive winnable issue. And that's, you know, before we move on, that's my issue is not, I understand that Trump wants to not go to jail and fight against the left. But it's one of these things that like it almost feels like a cat with a laser pointer, like you said, where he's got the same four or five things he's been saying for three years. Like my vaccine's so great. The election was stolen. And it's like this thing. And I'm not saying every I don't think the vaccine was great, but everything he's saying, 
I'm not saying he's wrong about everything. It's just like it's this show where it only involves four <coughs> topics. And to me, these seem like dead end topics where it's like it's not going anywhere. Nobody's like and then something comes up like a Bud Light boycott where it's like, OK, we're going to show corporate America that we're tired of what they're doing. And then you have like Caitlyn Jenner and Don Jr. that are like, yo, they donate to us, like chill out. And it's like that's where I'm getting to is like I do believe in the people. And I, although obviously I'm appreciative and grateful of leaders who paved the way, et cetera. At a certain point, it's like some people are, you know, getting way too comfortable with their with their position. And it doesn't seem like they're interested in earning it um, as much as they are just kind of controlling where people go. And it, it, to me, that the leadership seems too aimless for me to want to follow it. But I respect people's decision. You know, my vote counts just as much as everyone else's. Yeah, I was, I was going to say uh, the same thing with, with the Target thing, too. When Target pushed a little Tupperware and then they fought back and then they pushed their stuff to the back of the <laughs> to the back of the bus, if you will, in kind of analogy. Uh, I was going to tell you real quick, I know you always do your Trump impression. I was going to do the Trump impression where it's like, my vaccine saved lives. I got the vaccine. You get the vaccine. The greatest vaccine ever. I did it in nine months. Five years. <laughs> Listen, Julius, you're never going to get in blacks for Trump with that attitude. <laughs> you know, <he's> gonna... <laughs> you're so wrong, Anomaly, because I got freedom to leave. I'm all about freedom. I'm so about freedom that I allowed the country to be locked down because I knew QAnon would think that I'm Is running it... back against Bill Gates. When I actually, got, I actually, I actually wanted to hire Bill Gates. I almost <laughs> he said, Anomaly. You came to the Latino summit at the White House. Never again, Anomaly. We will give it to a hardworking Hispanic. Not you. Not a fake news. <laughs> Wanna be Trump. That, that you will be story. kicked out, and I got the best taco bowls. I'm like, all right, dude. I'm sorry. I I, I ruined my spot at the golden that, table. Did I tell you my story with, uh, with, with Don Jr.? No. So uh, maybe I told you this before. I'm not sure, but... I was at a rally, uh, this is in 2020, uh, September 2020, and Don Jr. was in Reno. And so I went there, and I'm waiting in line to go see him, right? Because they, they had to get everybody in line first to go to the seating, whatever. I'm standing there. I'm talking to these people that I know from back home, back here. And I'm, I'm wearing my MAGA hat, mind you. I'm just chilling. This guy walks up to me. I kind of like side-eye. I'm like, I got a bad feeling going to walk up to me. And he's holding this package in his hand. And he's walking closer and closer. And I look, and the shirt said, Blacks for Trump. And the hat said black. He goes, want to wear this? I was like, nah, bro. I was like, I got it. Was it. Don Junior? No, no. It was somebody oh. from his uh, his his camp that oh, walked okay. up to me, and I was like, bro. <laughs> I was like, I'm wearing my MAGA hat. Do you not see uh, this? Like, <laughs> it was, it was yeah, weird, it's like, man. It's just like, hey, put this on. He's like, <laughs> oh, you like Trump, right? Put this black Trump. <laughs> we'll put it right behind the camera. He's like, you look good. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't that to me, I would be more humiliated if that happened to be standing there right behind <laughs> Don Jr. Black Spritz, like, oh my yeah. god, dude, I would not I would be off social media after that. I'm like, I'm nah, I can't do different it. strokes for different folks. It's definitely nah. like an eye-catching thing, but yeah, it, it, the you know, everybody wants certain groups and like it, it is what it is, but it is uh at a certain point. It does like the right can be like as cringe as, as the left, you know, like in certain ways, like that they was, do a lot of identity politics too. Yeah, that was a soft bigotry of low expectations. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Put the shirt on, you get to come and eat. It's <laughs> so like so naming sad. off like stereotypical black foods, and you're just like, dude. He's like, you come to the White House. We got, dude. When I went to the White House, no joke, it was like Hispanic night, and they were just had all 
Hispanic food, but it was fire though. I mean, it wasn't like mm. stereotypical in a way. Like obviously yeah. it was what people they wanted, but <laughs> it was like, like Taco, Taco Bell. No, it was good stuff. Yeah. I didn't go on the day where it was like Chick-fil-A or Taco Bell. That was hilarious. He just shows up with like McDonald's. Dude, that's my favorite. I posted that. It's Trump sitting next to like thousands of fast food things. You know that picture? And I said, this is like the perfect symbol of America. It's just Trump with a bunch of fast food behind him. People got so mad. And I'm like, dude, that's hilarious. And you know, it's true though. Like if America could be one picture, it's Trump at the White House smiling with like thousands of fast food back That's That was uh, a funny day. Uh, I would have ate at McDonald's at the White House, of course. Like, wh why not? I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta live well, once. For sure. I mean, it's not, it's not a normal. It is a normal hamburger, but like to say you were there that day, it kind of makes it more iconic. Like that, yeah. that day will be remembered more than the day they had five-star meals. Like I was there the day that Trump just rolled up with like Chick-fil-A and Taco Bell. You're like, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of gangster, kind of unnecessary. But anyway, third star I want to get into real quick. I didn't watch the interview. I've watched a lot of Andrew Tate, especially like before he got arrested. I'm not saying that's what made me stop watching him. It's just like I used to listen to hours of his podcast. I find him very interesting and entertaining. But, um, you know, the last couple I haven't really seen. I know he did a multi-hour one with Candace Owens. And I want to know what you think about what you heard from it. And then also your reaction, because I know the left wing media hates Andrew Tate because he's more conservative and he tells men to not be pathetic. And then yeah. the right wing media also doesn't like him because he, you know, has a degenerate past and maybe he's not the like he, he says he's Christian sometimes. Now he says he's Islamic, but yeah. he doesn't really like he hasn't really lived that life. So he's got a lot of backlash from the right saying that, like, you know, don't platform him. He's a human trafficker. And what do you think about the backlash that like both sides are giving about interviewing him? Yeah, I, I found that interesting to me because I saw people like Billboard Chris, who I really like a lot. He fights back against child mutilation. Uh, I saw people like him, uh, Natalie Denise, uh, talk about him. And my thing is, and I, I looked them up, and Billboard Chris and Natalie Denise and other conservatives who, who push back on this, they supported Donald Trump. Now, I hate to come from a liberal point of view, but Donald Trump was accused of sexual assault, accused of sexual harassment, accused of rape. Uh, 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 he, he once said on The View that his daughter has a nice figure. If she wasn't his daughter, he would date her. It's things like that, and yet they still stand with Trump. They still support Trump. They admire him. So you can you can be okay with that. And a guy who basically says he would date his daughter at that time, she was like a young age, not that young, but young enough to be like that's kind of gross. And you're okay with standing with Trump, but then you get mad at Andrew Tate. What happened to innocent until proven guilty? And notice that all conservatives would say that to Donald Trump when it came to his cases, like with, with that uh, Carol Jean woman, whatever the case was, yeah, 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 allegation. Yeah. yeah, and so they would say innocent until proven uh, guilty, right? But then with Andrew Tate, it's automatically, no, you can't platform him because he did this and that. In all the videos that they show, the jump cuts are always being taken out of context. And when he talked about what he used to do, this is like a six-minute video uh, on Twitter right now, you watch that video, he's not talking about forcing anybody. He's not talking about harming nobody. He's just simply saying how his setup was when he was doing his webcam, right? Now, in one aspect, he says that, Ken uh, says, when's the last time you was doing this business? He says six, seven years ago. And then there's a video where he's talking about how he was doing videos during the pandemic, things like that. So they can say that's a lie, but I, I, th I think that's missing context, in my opinion, because the way the jump cut goes, you're like, wait a minute, this is out, out of context. So right. the thing the thing is is that conservatives have this outrage. And I think the reason why is because Andrew Tate is one of the one of the biggest names 
who's really telling it like it is. I think the only reason why they push back on him is because of his whole multiple wives thing and having multiple women and things like that. They don't want that in their space, but this is the same conservatives who would take Lady Maga in their spaces. So who's really like degenerate here? Andrew Tate or you bringing a man who identifies as a woman puts on a cowboy hat and says, go Trump. There's no difference. Yeah, I think uh, so. You, you don't like the hypocrisy of it. You feel like some people are being hypocrites where they're OK with someone's degeneracy, but they're they're Absolutely. like quick to jump the gun. I'll say this. I haven't seen the interview, so I don't want to speak on it in full. But a lot of people, it seems like their backlash is that Candace didn't push back enough to some people are saying that she didn't push back enough and she kind of softballed it and didn't challenge certain things he said. Like you were saying, maybe a part that didn't seem like it added up. I haven't seen it. So I've seen some people say that I've seen, obviously most people like the interview. They find it fascinating. Candace and Andrew are clearly very famous, very successful because they're both really interesting to listen to and have like witty takes. You know, I, I like Andrew's podcast. He's like, you know, he's not my pastor or anything, but he's highly entertaining as a, as an entertainer. He was a kick world champion kickboxer. He's an interesting guy. I'll say this when it comes to like them calling him, oh, you shouldn't interview him because he's a human trafficker. To me, that's crazy. Like whether he was guilty or innocent, he should be interviewed. I believe he's innocent of the charges that they're they're, they're charging him for. But even if he was guilty, I think it's a crazy, like if you say he sucks and you should have done a harder interview, that makes more sense to me than, oh, how dare you even platform him? And it's like, Dude, they they gave interviews to Charles Manson and from jail and stuff. And I'm glad they did because it's okay to like get someone's word, even if you're pushing back against what they're saying. There, I don't believe in censorship of like, oh, you know, Biden sucks, so he should never be interviewed or pushed back. Trump sucks, he should never be interviewed. Dude, that that's cancel culture. That's the opposite yeah. of what conservatives are supposed to believe. So the ones that are saying that Tate shouldn't even speak and you shouldn't interview him, that's a crazy, crazy narrative to have. Another one is like you're saying is they're saying he's guilty and, you know, before they even look at it or let it figure in court. And I do think he was doing some like scummy, borderline scammy things with the webcams, but I don't think he was trafficking women. And I think yeah. that, uh, you know, I th think that they're trying to basically trump up the charges of what he did to make it seem way crazier. Like, I don't think he was forcing anyone like that. Um, you know, I don't I don't think it was like a trafficking thing where they're like going against their will and stuff. Um it's just he was very braggadocious about being like a, a dickhead, a hustler, basically, yeah. and a hustler, you know? Exactly, and it's like, exactly. And, and that's why they're trying to trump up the charges. But yeah, do you, what else? Do you, remember, do you remember when Brittany Griner got, uh, came back to America and they swapped her out for the Russian missionary, that yeah. one guy? Yeah. In, in that interview that he did where he talked about how uh, America is like has all this problems with LGBT, things like that. He, he almost sounded like he loved America and you saw a conservative be like, oh, this this guy loves it. He gets it. He gets it. But you were just crying that he's a mercenary, but you were happy when he spoke good about America. So should we platform him? It's, it's okay for him to get platformed and say right. good things about America, but you were talking about he's a mercenary.